0: And so, what makes you really stand out is you have to have opinions. And I had opinions like, like somebody would say, any one of my clients are like, I really like this. I'm like, hmm, that's played out. Let's not do that. And that to me has really, really helped me stand out because they're like, okay, this one is going to be honest with me. This one is going to look out for my
1: best. This photography podcast is brought to you by Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. Here is your today's host, W. Scott Olsen, with another fascinating conversation. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast from Frames Magazine. My name is Scott Olson, and today we are talking with Walid Azami. Walid is a commercial photographer, a fashion photographer, a celebrity photographer, and a director, a creative director of music videos, among a number of other things. Uh, his work has appeared in Glamour, and Allure, and Vanity Fair, and Teen Vogue, and Rolling Stone, and all over the place. It is remarkable work, and he's got a hell of a story to tell
0: as well. Uh, Waleed, welcome to the podcast. How's everything in your life this morning? Hey, Scott. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, Everything's good. I'm in Vegas for a job, so it's nice, warm, sunny. Everything's good. Oh,
1: man. (laughs) As we're recording this year in Vegas, and I got to tell you, the snow is falling outside my window. Uh, (laughs) It's already that time of the year here in North Dakota. Waleed, you are from Afghanistan. You're from Kabul. Tell yes. me how you got in. Tell me how you got interested in photography. Just, you know, it, you know, when you were seven and you picked up your first camera or whatever. And and tell me the story. How did you get from growing up there to becoming a commercial photographer in
0: Los Angeles? Sure. OK, so that's a big leap. But let me um let me try to abbreviate that one. <laughs> yes, I'm a refugee from Afghanistan. So we were invaded by USSR. And that's that war. So we escaped and um, ended up in, this is like probably the biggest jump, but from Afghanistan war zone down to Orange County in Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was a bit of a culture shock, but um, you know, I actually don't recall. Besides my uncle having one Polaroid camera, I don't really remember playing with a camera at all as a child. But I knew that I always wanted to do something creative. I I got in trouble for doing creative things, and it's funny because the things that usually get you in trouble, things that people pick on. When you know we were children, the the weird mm-hmm. things about you are the things that if you allow that to grow uh, is what's going to make you a legacy, and that's what's going to make you money. And <laughs> that that to me uh, is funny about the whole thing. But how I got it started in photography was I have one degree. A bachelor in history, but I have mm-hmm. lots and lots and lots of almost degrees. And so I was wasting time. College took me about seven years to finish because I was like, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. And I and I, I was buying time. But what I was really doing subconsciously was that I was, um, yeah, I guess I was just buying time and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I didn't have the courage to step up and say, I think I want to work in some creative field, but I'm not sure what. So I just I was like, I'll just be a history teacher, not just because I think that's the most important job in the world, being a teacher, but it was to make my parents happy. Anyways, after like my seventh year, finally getting a bachelor's degree, I I was like, here's a diploma. The university lost my application for the teaching credential program. God bless that person (laughs) for doing that. I still, I hope they're happy. I hope they're healthy, that person, because that's what made me pause and forced me to make a sudden decision. And so I got an internship at Madonna's office. And...
1: now wait, wait. You don't just walk into Madonna's office and say, can I have an internship? You had to have something to offer them.
0: Okay, so, well, I'm a big believer of like, okay, have your moment and be angry. Have your moment and cry about it. Have your moment and just like, uh, if you have to, I don't care, like whatever you have to do, do it. As long Mm -hmm. as you don't hurt people, of course, but, and then get over it and then fix it. Like you can't dwell on it. So I think I went on like a two hour drive and I was just so angry because my parents were saying, what are you doing? And this is the most Middle Eastern thing ever. They'll say, so-and-so's child is in medical school. My child isn't doing anything. (laughs) You will never be good enough, no matter what. Okay. And yeah. I, I think I think that's global, by the way. I don't global? think that's just
1: middle. Yeah, I think that's global, but okay. Is
0: that's what unites us all? <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. And um, so I was really angry. I came back and I found a... I was like, I, I think I, I... I probably even used Yahoo. I didn't even Google it. And I and I typed in how to get a job in the entertainment world. <laughs> okay. And a website came up called entertainmentcareers.net. And... There was a posting for an intern from Madonna's film company called Maverick Films. Now, she has a remarkable career in music, but film lacks a little bit. And I decided to write a a letter, you know, and and they always tell us, never write your cover letter more than what, one or two paragraphs? Is that the general guideline we all get? Yep, yep, yep. I think I wrote two to three pages. And... (laughs) This person, her name was Jen. Uh, she said, I had to call you in because I wanted to know who would write such a le- like. I was like, please just give me a chance, I will work hard. I've I haven't had a fair shot in a lot of things in life, but I will work hard. Like, I'll make you know, I will drive, I'll do it, I will do whatever I need to do. And then I took her email and then I Copied and pasted it in BCC like twenty times, so her entire inbox said Walida <laughs> Zami. So, so you got the internship,
1: but how did that lead to photography?
0: Yeah, so I got the internship and I got to see what was happening in the Madonna world, and I, I did really well in the internship. And then they asked me to come in and work directly in her office and her manager's office. So then I was working on her stuff day to day. And I got to see the world's greatest blank and everything, stylists, hairstylists, DPs, I mean, photographers, everything. And um, that was my sort of appetizer plate, right? So I stayed there for another one and a half years. And I left. But I left because I didn't want to work in management. I was like, I want to work in production. And her creative director, Jamie King, now a good friend of mine, called me for dinner one night. And he's like, how you been? Like, you know, it's been a few months. And he gave me this long conversation that I didn't want to hear. And he said you care so much what people think. It's obvious you're so talented and it's sad. It's really sad that you're living in someone else's light and you care and you're stopping yourself. And he said, I want you to know whatever you do, you have to just believe in it and trust your gut instincts. And so that night he really confirmed to me again, what my gut feelings were, which is what I was always relying on. And I left that night I really chopped that part up real fast. Like like that's a long dinner story. But yeah. Um, yeah. M- I had this weird gut feeling. Like he really helped me identify what that is. And the gut feeling was to buy a camera. But here's the crazy thing. I didn't even know that cameras, the lenses on a camera can detach and you can switch out <laughs> lenses. Right now, every <laughs> photographer that's listening to your podcast is probably throwing something against the wall, right? But I didn't know... I didn't know what an uh-huh. ISO was. I didn't know what an F-stop was. Okay. And and by the way, I didn't even know f- Photoshop existed. Like the whole Institute of Adobe didn't know it was out there. Oh my. But I bought a camera with the last amount on my credit card. And I went into Fullerton cameras, no longer there in Orange County. And I said, like a fool. And I said, Hi. I have $2,000 on my credit card, and I want to be a professional photographer. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, you want to take a guess what my bill was that day? What? It was $1,998. I, yeah. <laughs> so I bought everything. Went home completely depressed that I was like, I'm done. I didn't even have cash in the bank, and I put this on my credit card and about maybe a week later I got a call from a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend and it said hi is Walid there Mike speaking now I did have a video camera but I just hit record on that and I put it on auto and they said we need someone immediately at the Kodak theater and we just we need someone to do BTS of a performance and I was like oh my God okay. thank God I can put some money in the bank now or some groceries at least and and they're like oh and it's for usher. Uh-huh. And so I remember grabbing my video camera and I was like, wait a minute. And I had that weird feeling in my stomach, gut, And I was like, it's that gut feeling thing talking again. And it said, Usher has no idea. It's so funny because I'm, I'm in Vegas right now in my hotel and I can look out the window and I see his uh, residency sign from here as I'm okay. talking about it. And first Vegas residency. But he basically, they said, we need... A, a videographer like BTS. And I grabbed my camera and said, Usher has no idea what I'm hired for. I'm going to grab my camera too. It was a Canon 40D. Mm-hmm. And I know for the audience, I probably, they probably wonder which camera it was, it was prosumer. It wasn't even like professional with a kit lens. And Scott, I shot this thing like a machine gun. It had, I had a one gig card. I thank God was accidentally on JPEG small. And I <laughs> shot like, cause how many can you fit on a raw photo? And, um, Every photo was so gross, so like out of focus, super high ISO and the ISO on the 40D is not anything to brag about. So ultra grainy, multiple colors because those neon lights are the fluorescent lights above us and everything. Basically, I, I went home even more sad, even more upset at myself. And I was like, wow, you really messed it up, you big, big dummy. And I got a call from Benny Medina, Usher's manager at the time. And he said, Walid, where are those photos that we hired you for? Which he never did. I brought my camera, you know, for the record right. on, on my own. And I was like, oh, my God. So I I looked at these photos. There's about 15 or so photos that you actually recognize that this is Usher. And I only sent those. But remember when I told you a couple minutes ago when I said I didn't even know Photoshop existed?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I edit this thing on my preview app on my laptop. Right. So like with the same thing that you open a PDF and you only have control of the exposure, contrast, saturation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I made all these photos black and white because I had that weird gut feeling again. I sent them and I was like, okay, here goes nothing. 30 minutes later, Ben Medina calls me and he's like, I don't know what you did but you hit the nail on the head. You guessed exactly his next move. And he's really, really into this old Hollywood grainy, out of focus, imperfect (laughs) photography. And I promised your audience, the story is almost wrapped. And Usher wants to know if you would be okay being his personal photographer and go on tour with him. And so every night... I would go back to my hotel room and I would YouTube, I swear to God, I would YouTube something like, what is exposure? And then I would watch some videos and then I would take notes on it. And then whatever I learned that night, Usher was going to experience it the next day. Oh man. And he'd be like, let's shoot here. I'm like, no, no, no. Let's shoot by the window. Cause that's the video I saw the night before. <laughs> And that's really how I started photography. Learned one thing every single day.
1: You you are, in other words, the luckiest photographer that the planet has ever produced. That That's a fantastic story. But now, okay, so you get this gig with Usher, but there are 15,000 other photographers yeah. in Los Angeles. And, you know, you get one good gig. You know, that's a great start, but that's not a career. T- tell me, you know, about being good? I mean, in celebrity, in fashion, you know, whether you're shooting an Usher or Ricky Martin or J-Lo, I mean, tell me what quality means in that world.
0: Sure. I accept that I was very lucky. Um, Mm -hmm. So I will say that. But I guess what quality is, is that, you know, when I would come in and Usher's a late riser, so, but then he stays up till like three in the morning recording, he'll do a show, then he'll go to the studio and all that. And so, I would not allow myself to go to bed until I learned one new thing every single day. And so I've kept that habit for years and years. So that's one thing that I think really helped me stand out. The other thing is I'm opinionated. And this is what I hope photographers really, really understand is that whatever camera you have, I bet you, the next listener can also get, or they already have. And so you either have a Sony, a Fuji, a Canon, a Nikon, or a Hasselblad literally comes down to like maybe a couple other brands too. That's it. And so we all have the same gear, everything. We all have the knockoff brands from Amazon as, you know, supplementary lights. We all have the same type of lenses. And so what makes you really stand out is you have to have opinions. And I had opinions like, like somebody would say, any one of my clients are like, I really like this. I'm like, "Mm, that's played out. Let's not do that. And that to me has really, really helped me stand out because they're like, okay, this one is going to be honest with me. This one is going to look out for my best interest.
1: Now in your world though, there is that intermediary between the artist and you, that that, that person called the art director. Do you have conflicts with them? Do they hire you because you're going to sort of take over their role?
0: I love that question. So in a magazine. Yes. There's a tiny, tiny bit of conflict and they hire me. So then of course you respect that. Right. But if I'm right. working with a celebrity, um, I've had agents in the past is not been a good mix for me. So I usually speak directly to the artist or the management. And I make mm-hmm. sure that management is, is, I make sure that everybody is respected on my set, whatever side you're on, you're going to be respected but i also recognize that they're coming to me for my point of view and my my vision as not to sound all artsy and stuff about it but really that's what they want is that yeah your point of view so i if for me to not give that to play safe because my own comfort level is more important than their success i don't want to do that
1: well, one of the really interesting things about working in your world is the relationship between the photographer and the art director. And I would imagine with so many photographers out there, you know, the agents, the art directors, whatever, they go through their list of possibilities. And when they call you, they already agree with your vision. You know, they're already 80% thinking this is exactly what I want. And that final 20% is where you get to push the boundaries and do something new and do something um, they haven't expected yet.
0: Is, is that pretty much the way it works? I think that was one of the most accurate statements I've ever heard. <laughs> 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 that is pretty much how it works. And that's why I always preach, you guys niche down. And, and people get upset at that. I'm like, niche down because people don't want to play photography roulette. They want to know exactly what they're getting. And what they want is a previous success you've already had, you know, the, what you've already had. Let's take just a
1: quick break. We hope very much that you are enjoying today's episode. The very fact that you are listening to this podcast suggests that photography means a lot to you. And if that's the case, you might wanna have a look at Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. We truly believe that excellent photography belongs on paper. Visit readframes.com to find out more about our publication. And now, back to today's conversation. Right. But this leads me to then you know, something that that's a bit of a disconnect because I'm looking at your webpage. I'm looking at the the wide variety of subjects and, and clients that you've had there. And I understand from what you've told me so far, you know, looking on your website now, I see Usher, I see Ricky Martin, I see Jennifer Lopez, but then I also see Bernie Sanders. That is a, that's a long way from, you know, glamor and music in Hollywood. How in the world did you wind up photographing Bernie Sanders? And then how does that fit into the world of Waleed Azami?
0: Is it though? Because here's the thing. Music, these, these superstars that you named, they have like just raging fans everywhere who, who watch their every move. And, you know, I understand that the audience here, we all have, that's the beauty of this country is that we have a wide spectrum of beliefs and there's things we can learn from each other. But Bernie had the heart of the country. He had, if you experience one of his rallies, I was there opening night. Of Madonna popping up on stage. I was there when she went from city to city. I was there when Usher shows up. And no disrespect to any of my clients, but when Bernie appeared on stage, it was like that old footage you ever see of like the Beatles when all the <laughs> ladies in the front row at the airport are like passing out and everything. It was like yep. that. And and Bernie didn't fill up a school cafeteria. He filled up stadiums pretty much. And right. so he's very rock star in that way. And he's very not to make this about Bernie, but if you if, if you think about it, there are similarities where you think he's very punk rock. He went against the establishment grain.
1: <laughs> I know I agree with you a thousand percent. I, I'm just enjoying the image of, of yeah. Bernie Sanders as a, as a punk rocker. But no, you're, you're dead on. There.
0: <laughs> when I tell you, though, I've never been um, I, I showed up to the Bernie Sanders shoot two hours early. I swear to you, mm-hmm. I was so nervous.
1: Waleed, I, I'm, I was looking through your website. I was looking through Instagram and, and stuff like that. And you have uh, a short clip of you photographing a model in a swimming pool or on a lounge chair in a swimming pool. And you are essentially standing on the arms of this chair yeah. in the water above her. And my first thought was, oh, there's a slip coming up here somewhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, the, the whole thing is going to go underwater. It, and, and, of course, I mean, that that didn't happen in the clip that you've got on there. I don't know if it happened at all. But tell me, tell me a story from a shoot that was just extraordinary or even better yet, a shoot that went to hell and, and just you know, didn't work at all.
0: I think this is important because obviously our social media and our websites are the highlight reels right and we show the we try to show the best right i've had an entire shoot and this one not to make the podcast about him but i was with usher and it was probably about 8 months into it and we were in los angeles and he wanted some promo photos done and i forgot to pack my memory cards and <laughs> I called my friend. I don't know why I didn't say go to Best Buy, first of all. So for everyone listening, I don't know why I didn't think of the most common sense thing. And I was like, Kelsey, Kelsey, go to my apartment and break the window. I don't care. Get in there because I shot for about 30 minutes without a memory card in there hoping that she would get to me in time with my, and he's like, let me see. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's just keep shooting. And that to me, I still think about that. And I still like, I kind of get the sweats on that one. I don't know. But basically I was like, hold up, you know, and we just put the card in and then reshot some of the stuff. I was like, let's do this one again, you know, and did it. So there's stuff like that happens as far as I'm, I'm often kicked out of places because I I don't disrespect people's spaces, but I believe in um, shoot first, apologize later. Yeah. So I'm often kicked out. Well, tell me a story of a shoot that was just one of the best. There are moments that Ricky Martin was one of my favorites and mm-hmm. the, one of the reasons why is because i remember growing up my sister really really listened to his music a lot and then you know he's had a he's had the 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 long career and i i think one of my favorite moments was and my eyes sort of teared up was i've had all my clients obviously they know me and they say my name but at one moment i was i just thought oh my god that's ricky martin you know and i was just sitting on the ground and taking a picture and he's sitting on this bed in this makeshift motel room, like it was a set, what we had mm-hmm. made. And I was sitting there, and he was playing George Michael's "Freedom," and he was just singing. It was just we were just in between shots, and he was just like having a good time, just you know, tapping his hands on his knees, like whatever, just going with the beat of the music. And I just looked, and I'm like, "How did you get here? You're a ref- mm-hmm. you're a war child. You're." A refugee from Afghanistan, you know, and now I'm here and I just um, I think that's probably one of my favorite moments. I just I remember just thinking this is real and this is a complete privilege. So I think that, you know, I'm happy with the photos, but that moment for me was like one of my peak moments, one of where I can just think of on the spot. Yeah, I was like, how did you get here? And I think it's important that we stop and try to remember how far we've come, no matter what you're shooting.
1: Oh, I, I think you're, you're absolutely um, hitting it on the head there. Because, I mean, all of us in photography yeah. have had that moment where we've realized the camera has brought us to a place of, you know, a moment of the sublime, a moment of the important, whatever. You could be landscape, it could be street, uh-huh. it could be anything. Uh, but you suddenly realize, how the hell did I wind up here? And, you know, thank you, universe, for doing that. Well, you you said something a few minutes ago that I'm going to disagree with, and because you know you were going to be a teacher and you didn't become one, and yet, yes, you did. You call yourself a photo (laughs) business coach. Um, Mm -hmm. You you have, along with your commercial work, along with the films and the music videos and stuff, you have indeed become a teacher. So, and and I'm a little taken because you know on your website you say you hold your clients' hands throughout the entire process, you know. And so, tell me about being a coach tell me about you know helping other photographers on the business side and what thought that whole process is for you
0: before i say that scott i just i have to admit something to you right now when you were saying that i'm just sitting here in my hotel room yeah i never thought of it I until you just said it right now i never thought (laughs) about it like that that i as i guess i did become a teacher yeah is not that simple I, i never thought about that um So thank you for bringing that to my attention. Uh, Thank you for bringing the obvious that I just (laughs) didn't recognize. But where that started from was about six years ago, maybe six and a half years ago, I had enough of it. And I had enough of how this industry treats artists. I had enough of how certain people that I signed to treated me. I had enough of my own attitude about it I just had I really had enough of record labels taking advantage of people I had enough of everything and I put my camera down and I put my camera down for eight months and I was over it and I and I was selling myself a story you've done more than a lot of people and I and I, I I know that sounds disrespectful to anyone listening, but I was just kind of just trying to justify me putting the camera down. And I Mm -hmm. opened the big 5,000 square foot studio in downtown Los Angeles that I built by hand. It was the attic of an old Ralph's grocery store. And I was like, this is it. Appreciate what you had. It's game over because I, I was failing at so many jobs. My agent was pushing me to be literally would say things like, and I'm gonna to get to how I got to teaching. Hey, shoot more like this person. She's doing really well. Hey, shoot more like this person. Um, yeah. Try to shoot this stuff. And I was like, Nah, I have nieces, and one day they're gonna be teenagers, and I don't want to shoot that stuff. That's that's freaking disparaging to women. I don't want to do right. that. Okay. And who cares? Who cares? And I just thought, Oh my god, I don't want to be associated with this anymore. And so I put my camera down and I opened the photo studio and I felt really, really sorry for myself. And I went through big, big depression. And one day I just woke up and I said, enough. And so I I just said, just make sure no one else gets hurt again in the photography world. And so I opened an account called How to Photograph. That's what it was called at the time on Instagram. And I secretly started giving tips to the photo community of everything that happened to me that was good, that was bad. And I was like, I'm going to make sure that other photographers are protected. And that's how I started. And it started growing. And people would say, who is this? And I wouldn't say who it was. And it grew uh, probably about a year and a half into it, something around that timeline. My friend said, no, you've done enough. Put your name on it because they'll actually believe you more. And I've been helping the photo community for free for the past six and a half years. Every day almost as some kind of tip. Blog, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, everything. Mm-hmm. But that's what helped me pick up the camera again, by the way, is seeing everyone's enthusiasm when they got their first client, when they were able to raise their prices. And so literally the photo community... As much as like I could say, oh, I try to help them, they, they straight up help me.
1: Now what what kind of tips were you given though? I mean, was you know, things like white balance for fluorescent lights or more narrative ethics and, and how to behave?
0: There were a few sprinkled, like the white balance ones, and there's plenty of accounts that do that, that show you the latest lenses and that's that, you know, yeah. and they're great to look at. Mine was more the boring stuff like, hey, never, ever, 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 ever sign a work for hire because this is truly what it means. It's a cute name that's going to destroy you. It's work for hire. I'm for hire and I'm working. Let me sign it. Nope. You're about to strip <laughs> off. You know, if you wouldn't even think about it, of course I'm working for hire. Nope. You're about to lose everything. Mm-hmm. So it's those things or sometimes a sharing stories or how to defend yourself. So it's everything around that, like how much money you can make from usage rights, how to raise your prices the right way for this type of client, but this much for the grandfathered clients. You know, like those day-to-day things that maybe you wouldn't learn in photography school that the school of life would teach you.
1: Oh, that, that is fantastic. And, and now you are selling these, this advice.
0: I'm very, yes, I do have a course. Um, It is called Step Pricing, Secret to Easy Photography Pricing. It's the same pricing that I use to date. It's the one that I've used. It's, you know, it works. It's got everything you need. But also, I know what it's like to be broke. I know what it's like to get assistance. And so I will always offer nuggets for free on social media for the people that, Cannot yet afford it. And so there's something for people that want handheld, fast tracked, exact script, and then something for people that are like I can't yet afford that. So I was like, I we're not holding we're not closing the gate on anybody. Right.
1: Well, I mean, the first thing I notice here um, on that part of, of your web presence, you, you know, you say sign up here for my free photographer survival. Account. I think that's magnificent. Yeah. So much of any of the arts is a mentoring or apprentice relationship. And that includes the business side. You know, it's not just the aesthetics that, that includes, you know, how to actually, um, you know, buy your cheeseburgers with this business. So personally, I, I think that's a, a wonderfully generous thing to do. Thank you. Well, tell me what you're working. Tell me what you're working on in Vegas today. Tell me what you're working on this month.
0: So I'm in Vegas because I'm now the creative director for a new record label plus a couple other businesses that they have, and that's important. Thank you for asking that question because that's important to say because I want other photographers to hear that photography can absolutely be a launching pad to other careers too, and. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing that, and now I'm we're hiring, you know. So I oversee all the creative for them, and we had a big listening party for some of the artists that the record label has signed, and they're fully not launched yet, but we're building that out. So that's what I'm doing in Vegas. Um, as far as what I'm doing next, I just had a Rolling Stone cover for Rolling Stone Italia, and I'll tell you that was probably one of my biggest career highlights because that was that was just. They didn't tell me I was going to get the cover, first of all. So I didn't know. Oh my, okay, okay. I had no idea. And then I got tagged in it and I thought it was a fan art. And I thought, I was like, this is a cruel prank. And I kept looking, I'm like, oh my God, it's Rolling Stone. Um, (laughs) They didn't tell me that. And so I just finished that and uh, a record cover for Tiziano Ferro. He's he's a huge Italian star. Um, I'm working for something for NPR Next. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm really excited. And this person reached out to me because they are like, I want to break the rules. And I kind of really like the the format that you're doing. So I'm working with them and helping their entire branding and everything for their show, etc. And I'm in Vegas for this. And it's 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 and of course, I'm still helping photographers. But yeah, that's that's currently on my plate. But you guys, Uh everyone listening, please, your photography can launch you into any career you want, even if it doesn't exist yet.
1: As can a degree in history, right?
0: Let me tell you something. The research skills (laughs) that I have, (laughs) Scott, (laughs) everyone's like, what do you do with history? I was like, first of all, I bore you to death with history facts that you don't Uh care about. But that helped me when Madonna was um, planning her world tour. She's looking for inspiration and everyone's like, how do you find this stuff fast? I was like, oh, because I spent seven years researching in a library. So my history actually did help me kind of. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, well, I don't think you know this about me, but I am actually an English professor. Hey. Uh, so, uh, so, so the minute you said you got a degree in the humanities, you, you were one of my favorite people.
0: Yes. Um, <laughs>
1: well well, this has been fantastic i am impressed i'm inspired i think this you are doing a hell of a job and then you are a role model for all of us thank you very much
0: thank you for having me i really appreciate it thank you yeah thank you so much it's it's been (laughs) great speaking with you
1: okay talk to you later man take care frames because excellent photography belongs on paper Visit us at www.readframes.com.